0: Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. All right, Matthew 18 and chapter, chapter 18, verse one. And, and let's begin here. And this is a scripture we've been reading through this series. As we're going into Christmas, I'm going to start going into some of the stories uh, and the Christmas uh, that you're familiar with but Matthew 18 and verse 1 it says at that time the disciples came to Jesus and said who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven now we've said this every week but I just want to say it again when I read this next verse and he called a child to himself and he said him before them and he said truly I say unto you this is in red now unless you are converted and you become like children you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven now I'm not going to preach this but I did a message a couple of weeks back on this and kind of took some time. This is not in reference to salvation. Could you look at it as salvation? You could. <clears throat> if you don't convert as a child, have the faith of a child and believe in Christ and repent of your sins, turn to Christ. Yes, of course, you can't inherit the kingdom of heaven. That, that's very simple. Faith like a child. Have faith like a child. Believe. But also, this is not referring to salvation in, in, directly. Because some people look at this and go like, well, if I don't have the faith like a child, if I don't convert like a child, then does that mean I'm not, how do I know if I'm saved? You've got to get away from that. At some point, Paul said in Hebrews, we have st- got to stop relaying again the foundations of, of the, the repentance of dead works. Those are elementary truths of the faith. The, the, the doctrine of baptisms, plural, is elementary truths of the faith. Water baptisms, baptism of the Holy Spirit. The other baptism in the Scripture is very clear to different baptisms. It, it, there are things that are just elementary My dear Watson, you know, we, we have to move on and we can't be wishy-washy. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm putting my faith in Christ and I'm going to declare to you as a preacher of the gospel. I'm telling you, if you put your faith in Christ, you are saved. This whole back and forth wishy-washy stuff is in the southeastern part of the United States. Well, I don't know. Cause grandma, I'm telling you something, listen to a preacher. Listen to what God's word said. You're saved. If you come to faith in Christ, I have made plenty of mistakes since I have come to Jesus. And I'm not proud of the things I have made mistakes in. I mean, I have not done well with my responses to people sometimes. I'm a preacher, okay? I use my mouth, and sometimes it goes the wrong way, okay? But nonetheless, I am telling you, as a preacher of the gospel, if you are a, a person of faith, you come to Christ, you are saved. That is an elementary thing. And we have, must be able to move forward from that. So this, can't, this is not in reference to salvation. We have to know that we are saved. Verse 4, though, he says, But whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So he put them aside for a moment to say, Yeah, y'all have done some cool stuff. A lot of healings, a lot of miracles, really awesome. But if you really want to know who's really most important in my kingdom, Jesus said it's children. Now, think about this right now. Now, <clears throat> I'm not going to brag a whole lot because... Uh, until the end of the season's over. But last night was really awesome. <clears throat> for Bulldog Nation, I'm sorry. But just, I'm not going to brag, I'm just, just, just going to let it sit there for a moment. But if you've been to the stadium at all, you see the millions. I mean, there is a light show that goes on at night. It's crazy. Red flashing lights, and it's just awesome. But there's fans screaming, ah, it's crazy. I mean... And if you look at it, how much in, you know, income is put into that age group versus go and look at a preschool and how much money is invested in smaller children in our nation. Many times you have to beg, borrow, and plead, fundraise. That's why kids have to go around selling little cookies all the time. You don't have that in, in the University of Georgia. You have endowments. You have enough money. They'll never need another dime in their life. Why do priests, because people don't value the youngest. They value what's the most popular, most visible. That's where they put their money. But Jesus said, be careful that you don't put your attention on that which is most noticeable. Because that which you don't see is really the most valuable. So when he said this about children, I kind of probably threw them off a little bit. And then he said this, and whoever receives one of these children in my name, they receive me. But whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned into the depth of the sea. It's a pretty strong statement from Jesus, our Lord. <clears throat> when it comes to Christmas, uh, when we look at this as children, you know, as a child grown up in, in the Christmas season, I'm sure maybe you've experienced this or not, depending on where you're at in your life, but at Christmas time, we've all had at least one stage, at least one. And that's the stage where, as a kid, you wake up in the morning like 4 o'clock, Waking up your parents. It's time. It's like, no, it's not time. Go back to bed. <laughs> it is not time. But nonetheless, everybody's up now, right? I mean, it's 4 a.m. Let's just be honest. They're wired. They don't need coffee, caffeine, chocolate, or anything. They're just so excited. And it wouldn't matter. I mean, it does sometimes. But for the most part, when they're little, I mean, just the fact there's presents with wrapping paper is enough of excitement. You know, if you, a two or three old, they just, it's like their first birthday cake. You know, you just, they don't need forks or anything. It's just, and they're just in heaven, right? They're going crazy. Open those presents like, <gasps> It's another shirt. Next. What is that? I don't know. And these batteries. It's just nonstop up, down, up. The, 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 whatever the endorphins that run through your brain, they are fever pitch as a baby. I mean, as a young child, like a preschool. And they, when they're done, they just like pass out. They just pass out from all the excitement, right? And then when you get a little older though, uh, you know, it's still pretty much kind of like that elementary, but when you get to be like a teenager, you know, you still want it to be fun, but let's just be honest. It's not like it once was. And then, you know, you want to open the presents and be fun with it like that, but, you know, you're seeing your senior kid, your siblings there are doing that, like, eh, that looks weird. But I'm so excited. I really want to open my presents really fast, but I don't want to look like I'm not cool because it might be posted or something. I don't know. What, what goes through our mind? We're a teenager. All of us have done it. You know, you did it too. You did it too. You're like, oh, I've got to be, I've got to play this cool. Like, what time is it? I ain't quite. You don't wake anybody up, it'd be kinda of cool. Like you just go through this weird, it's special, it's magic, but it's just odd, you know, to be honest with you. And oh, you're very gracious, thank you so much. I needed this. Whatever it is, but I need it, thank you. You try to and then you know, when you get to be an adult though, once you kind of give some gifts a while, it's still fun. But I remember Haley and I we we got married, we gave each other gifts, gave you know family gifts, whatever. And it was more fun giving to like some of my uh, my cousins kids. Like you know, we didn't have kids at the time. It was kind of neat watching. Oh, that's kind of cool. I remember um, my cousin's oldest boy. He he had a like a uh, set of uh, drumsticks. I don't even remember what it was. He got a sweater. He was wearing a sweater, a hat. I got a picture. of It was kind of funny. He did put on like three things he had gotten, and then he had uh, like a pair of drumsticks. I don't even remember why, but I have a picture of him just um, with my granddad. He's just doing something like like this. He's just so excited with a pair of drumsticks. Like no drums. It just, it was a pair of drumsticks. It may have been mine, I don't know. But anyway, having a great time. It was fun to watch. But man, when our first one had her first Christmas, everything else before just meant nothing. As far as on my, of receiving gifts, I no longer even thought about what I got, what I didn't get. It didn't matter. Watching her open presence, seeing like, It was like Disney World, like for the first time stuff, (gasps) opening presents, and it never has gotten old with each one of them, each one, and just, it's very special, Haley makes it very special, we get up, I mean, there's usually breakfast involved, and everybody kind of comes over, and they're opening up their presents, they're so excited, I mean, everybody's like kind of tired, I can't tell you how many times I have stayed up till two or three in the morning with Haley, because she wanted to get this gift that these kids wanted, right? Right? And there's no instructions whatsoever. None. And you're trying your best to get this thing put together. You're looking at the clock going like, is it what time is it? Because they might not be up in an hour. I've literally, we've this before, best we could get it done. Thinking, okay, this is, we have no batteries. This thing's not even going to light up. What are you going to do? But they're so excited, right? You'll do that because why? You enjoy watching. And seeing the experience that they have. And when I say that, I want you to think about this in light of uh, our faith as a, as a Christian and how similar this really is. When you first come to Christ, I mean, it is like so exciting. I mean, listen, it's so funny, is it? You don't care who's preaching. You don't care what song is sung. You don't care whose house it's at. You don't care if the, the baked goods at the small group are good or bad. It doesn't matter. You're just glad to be in the room. And you don't care. They could have spouted out four scriptures that were misinterpreted and wrong. whatever. You didn't care. You loved it anyway. And you just said, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I've never, I don't know anything. So it doesn't matter. Then as you get a little older in your faith, you start learning some stuff. Well, you know, i got to kind of play it cool. I don't lift my hands too high because I might look like I'm one of those fanatical people. But I also can't be like this either. i gotta, I got to think of, you know, you start knowing some Christian lingo. Like you start figuring out what words mean in the Bible. You can like tab your Bible. You've got markings in your Bible. You know, I can find stuff now. Like, oh, what did he say? Oh, let me fact check that. Oh, wait, better yet. <laughs> I got Google. What did he say? That ain't what so-and-so said, he's on TV. Oh, no, so-and-so tweeted about this. It's so revolutionary. Like, I mean, he's got so many articles. Oh, this is just so deep. So much deeper. My favorite words of a teenage spiritual, not talking about physical, spiritual walk. My favorite words of a, I'll call this, because it's immature is what it is, but my favorite words of all is, well, I'm no longer being fed, so i got to go here so I can be fed. I'm no longer being fed. I have heard that so many times. It is the most immature statement of a Christian. Because I have never been in a place where I could not hear from the Holy Spirit, regardless of who's speaking, if my heart's in the right place. But if I'm judging the words based on what I've heard in five different other locations, then of course I'm going to have problems. But it's the most... And I say it because every other Passion Town is hurt too. So if you want to avoid like being marked, never say... I just not like getting fed anymore. Just not It's just not the right temperature. It's just immaturity. I mean, just be honest with you, and I'm not picking on teenagers, we've all been teenagers. We know how we were, right? Not picking on teens, I'm saying spiritually right now. It's that transition from childhood to to adulthood, but it's hard, man. You don't remember what's being like a teenager, it's hard. Like, I mean, people mess with you about stuff. They pick up, and it used to be people just bullied you face-to-face. Now they do it on social media. I mean, these guys, what they deal with now, these bunch of weirdos on there, text them, like, oh, did you see so-and-so's hair? It was the worst today. It was like, and they're just like bombing them out on, on the thing and just, it breaks their hearts. It's just awful. I mean, these people used to bully you face-to-face kind of thing, right? Talking about you behind your back. Now it's like online, a bunch of trolls, like, they all jump on too, if you noticed that. Like, oh, I can't believe you did that. It's like so easy to do because it's so immature. Put an adult in the room and it changes everything. Put one adult in the room, and it changes everything. Because adults sometimes has to say no. Now, as a teenager, I told some boys that helped me this week on the farm. Confession time.) They helped me on the farm. We unloaded some fence line. I mean, these brothers worked their tails off. Now, if you need some recommendation, I'm not giving them to you because I'm not telling anybody because I don't want you taking them, man. I'm like, as long as I can get them, I'm going to let them help me. But they worked their tails off, okay? I mean, when they were done, I thought, they're going home to their house, and their parents are going like, what happened to these boys? They're dead. Like, you, you killed them. But they were like... Rock on, man. I think they could have run another 40-fence post. I'm like, that's good because we're going to do it later, boys. You ready? They worked hard. They didn't. So I'm driving home, taking them home. I said, listen, boys, I'm going to tell you something about driving. I said, you know, I can't remember what brought this up, but, oh, first car thing. I said, you know, my first car was a four-cylinder, believe it or not, four-cylinder Camaro. I paid cash for the thing, 500 bucks, 500 bucks. My uncle got a better deal. It wasn't like 550. He brought them down to 50 bucks cheaper, which is, a, for a teenager, that matters. Let's be honest, right? That matters. Man, I thought I was a stuff. Four-cylinder Camaro with a clutch, baby. A four-cylinder Camaro will not school attire. tire. Let me tell you something. If you want to get your son a safe car, get him a four-cylinder Camaro with a stick shit. It won't do anything. It just ain't going to happen. You give it all the, run, 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 and pop the clutch. It just, That's all it is. I mean, it's like watching Tim Tebow on a Nissan commercial. It's not going anywhere. So anyway, my next car, though, I, bought, I was able to borrow a little money, and I bought a Firebird. And uh, so this was different. It had a had a V8, so it had a little more, you know, it had a little more muscle in it. From the time I had that car, in a less than a year and a half time period, I saw these boys this on the way home. I said, "Listen, boys, this is why you don't speed. I got so many speeding tickets. I actually lost my driver's license. It was awful. And I, I actually looked around before I started chaplain at the city police department because I thought I'm hoping one of these guys." aren't in here. You know what I mean? Like, help me Lord. But well, I didn't see any of them. I think they all retire by now or something, but I got so many speaking that lost. They revoked my license. So I had to go to, now, if you've been there, I'm not like condemning when I say this, but my dad was in this enough. So I can say this, I'm fully aware of how this works. So I had to go to the DUI school. The defensive driving school wasn't enough. I had to go to DUI school, not because of DUIs, I had so many points over; it wasn't enough to go to defensive school. I had to go where the big boys go. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to get your license back. I barely got him. I was three points under when I was done with that class. It cost me over a thousand bucks. I still remember being in this room, and I hate to, don't think bad of me. My dad was in this enough. Okay, but I'm, I told. So I was in a room with a bunch of drunks, and here they were. I was watching them. My dad's done this three or four times, and I thought, I'm in the room where I'm not supposed to be. I'm like pleading my case, you know, and I'm telling these guys, I said, boys, you don't want to do this. Let me tell you why. By the time I got my, my license back, I thought, I will never, I'm not doing this anymore. And I, from this, from that day that when I got them back, it took me three years to get my points down to I actually was off to bring my insurance level down. Now, why did I do that? Because I was a teenager. That's what I'm telling you as a parent, listen, I'm not. Can I just give you some free advice? I don't know how it is with girls. I got three girls. I'm watching them. But as a boy growing up, I ain't figured out. I think we're kind of the same. The way we drive, maybe I'm wrong. But a boy, a male, biologically created by God, formed in his mother's womb, man, that brother will push whatever you give him on wheels to the limit. It could be a It don't matter. It could have a cracked head, blown cylinder. The boy is going to give it all it's got. So you don't give him something that's got 400 horsepower, because he will give it every bit it's got. Because we've all been there. As a teenager, I would have done that. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? I know me. But when I became a man, and I got a child, all of a sudden... Things just changed. My mindset shifted because of my responsibility as an adult. And as a Christian, there is this process where you transition from childhood to adolescence, spiritually, to eventually you become an adult. And you can always mark the adults in the room because the adult will say no if necessary. They will not always say yes. Should we go 90 miles an hour down Old Dalton Road? The adult says, no. Now, If you want to do 90, let's go to the racetrack or let's get somewhere where we can test out stuff. Like an adult will say, that's not safe. Let's give an alternative. But listen, man, you ask Jody, as a 16-year-old with 400 horsepower, he's going to say, yeah. Right down any road, Mathis, the parking lot, whatever we got, let's do it. I gave you all the illustration because in the scriptures, there's so many times when this has happened. Samson wasn't one of those people. Samson started out, he had this vow of the Nazarene, no cutting of the hair, he had to stay away from the grapes, he had to stay, that's the wine, he had, and he stayed away from the Philistine women. This brother was good until he got to be around the teenage years, Long, no longer under his, parents can't really control him much now, he's got his own decisions to make, and What's weird is the mom and dad kind of reverted. It's the weirdest thing I've watched before spiritually where sometimes the adults who used to be adults in the room revert back to adolescence. It's really strange. Spiritually, I don't understand why a dog goes back to its vomit. The proverb says if you do that spiritually, if you're the adult in the room and you go back to adolescence, you're like a dog that goes to eats his own vomit. It's disgusting, right? It's weird to watch as a pastor. But so anyway, kind of a weird analogy, but Samson, his parents said It's okay. And so what happened, Samson finally said, I want that girl. I know this. she's so fine, like cherry wine, but she's a Philistine. He said, go get her for me. And eventually, that's what he did. She became the downfall of his life. Now, he redeemed himself. But why? Why did he do what he did? We already talked about a couple others. Why did David, why was he up on the rooftop with binoculars? Why did he do what he did? Why did Saul, the first king of Israel, why did he... Start out so strong, head and shoulders above the rest, and then couldn't hang in there when it came time to wait upon the Lord. It was because they had this something in there that once they got to this place, they could not consistently hold it in in the maturity side of things. And so all they knew is this is unknown. I don't know how to be this, but I do know how to be that. So maybe I'll go back to what is familiar. Familiar. It's like Peter when he said, hey man, Jesus is gone, I don't know what to do, I'm going fishing. It's the thing that we revert back to when we don't know what to do when it comes time to go forward. And one of my favorite guys in the Bible, we'll read about here in the end, is this guy named Eutychus. That a weird name. Eutychus, he's in the line, of the, or he's in the, uh, let's see, the line, the, the, the Dawn Trader, uh, the Voyage of the Dawn Trader in the, the C. Lewis books on the, the Line, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's like part three or four, part six maybe. Anyway, it's part three in the movie, the Disney movies. Um, it's, it's the, the Voyage of the Dawn Trader. The guy in there, his name is Eutychus. His weird name. But this guy, Eutychus, in the New Testament, I think parallels so many times in our lives spiritually. And I'm going to talk about him here in a moment. But let me just give you this. as why we don't go back or why we shouldn't. Matthew 27, verse 50. Jesus shouted out. Now, I'm not going to shout it out um, because I could almost use the halls if I did. But Jesus, can you imagine the shout? Now, there is a scripture that, that declares this about the Lord. It says when he returns, he's going to come back with the voice of an ark. He's going to come with a shout. And when he shouts, it's not like a at a football stadium, that's deafening sometimes. When he comes, it's going to put that, it's going to sound like a whisper compared to his shout. So Jesus, in his natural voice, he says, he shouted out again, verse 50 out of Matthew 27, and he released his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn into from the top to the bottom. Now, we know this about history. They went in, they got a bunch of seamstress and seamsters or whatever they called the people back then with a bunch of, maybe they're called singer machines or singer machines, whatever they're called, sewing machines. And they started working on that temple, got to put it put all back together. It's like Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall, had a great fall, all the king's horses all king couldn't put, yeah. same thing. You can go to that temple all you want to, but you're still going to see the raggedy stitch where the thing was rent. You can light the fire all you want to. You can throw some animals on the sacrifice, but I'm telling you what, if the Lord's not there, he's not there. And you can go back all you want to go back. But I'm telling you, if the temple curtain was rent and the basin and thing was turned over and he was no longer in the temple made with hands, but he came to dwell in the hearts of men and women like you. And he came in the form of a child to be born, to be sacrificed for our place and now he lives in a temple not made with human hands, but in your body physically. If he dwells in you right now, why try to go back to something that was over here when God's trying to take you somewhere over here? It's because it's unfamiliar. Let's just be honest. Can I just be honest with you right now? Being an adult is not near as fun as being a kid. I mean, do people line up with you and say, hey, here's 20 bucks. Fill up your tank. Anybody doing that for you? No, does anybody go to Sam's Club for you and buy your groceries? Anybody buying your clothes for you, doing all that kind of stuff? I'll see you in the bank, Yeah, I got you, baby. I'll see you at Sam's Club enough all the time. Does anybody? No, but it's more fun as a kid. When you go to Disney World, if you've ever been, if you've not, you should go just for the entertainment. But when we go to Disney World, I took our kids, I've taken all of our kids to Disney World, not saying that's a mark, but we love Disney, whatever you think about that, I don't care. We enjoy it, it's fun for us, alright? I don't get in all the other goofy stuff, I'll dismiss all that, we go for fun, okay? We're a family, we're gonna have fun, I don't care what they're doing on this side over here. Anyway, you go in, my kids are like, I mean literally, they almost pass out. It's like, come on. The little one, the first time she went, when she could remember, she's like, I mean, we had to go. And the last time, we had to wear all the mask thing and all that junk. And so we're in there. She's going bananas. You can see the grin from ear to ear, even with a mask on. She can't help it. But you go look at a brother who's pushing two strollers. And a mama who took all them kids. Watch them. They ain't having fun. They're thinking, what have we done? We just spent ten thousand dollars. And I've got what they're called at Mickey bars. They're Mickey ice cream. It's all over me. The Disney ducks they look like they're gonna eat me. You know? I've been on It's a Small World After All so many times. I swear I'm gonna jump in the water and let one of the carts run over me if I hear the song one more. Time that brother, he's not happy. Why does he do it? He does it for the kids because he loves his children. He wants them to enjoy and have a good. Now they're having a ball. Why am I saying this to you? Because as an adult, the adult does things differently because the adult takes responsibility. But as a dad, I gotta be honest, it's uncharted territory for me. I mean, I got three girls. One's driving. Help me, Jesus. God, pray for me. Just right now, let's all just come together, Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh God, help me, Lord, and help. You don't understand for real. It's uncharted territory. Some of you already been there. That's great. I'm glad you got the the thing on the wall, the plaque, and all that kind of jazz. That's great. Fantastic. That's wonderful. Kind of new for me. You know, I mean, I got folks in my life, men in my life, they've been a great influence to in my life, but. As far as watching and growing up and seeing a model dad, wasn't very, you know, I just didn't see him like that. So maybe you have some examples in your life. Maybe you have a model dad. Like you look at your dad and say, man, my dad was there for me. So you see an example of something you attain to. But even then, it's uncharted territory. And I think sometimes spiritually, we get into uncharted territory. We don't, God, what are you asking of me here? You want me to be a spiritually an adult, but I don't know how to do that because I've never really seen one up close very much. Maybe you're the first one in your family that came to faith, and you're on your own. You feel like you're with God; God's with you, but you don't really know what next step to take. Well, let me just say this to you: God's not going back to that temple. Now I know there's some stuff in the scripture, and this and that and the other, and all that stuff, and 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 you could talk about some of the time stuff and all that. But I'm talking about right now, in the context of where we are right now in this dispensation, He's not going back to the temple. I've been there, been underground, been above ground, been all around. Okay? He ain't there. I looked. I looked. Just to make sure. Just looked. Thought people would want to know. He's not there. He's just not. I mean, if he was there, that dome wouldn't be on top. It just wouldn't be. Because wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. They ain't gonna be bondage to some false God. He's permitting it, but he's not there. So what do we do right now? First of all, number one, I'm gonna give you a couple little things real quick. Number one, enjoy the gift that God has given you in salvation. And don't look back. Paul said, I watch this. I press forward, looking ahead to those things which are ahead of me. I don't look back to those things which are behind. Because they're bondage. I look ahead. Looking forward to what God is doing, man. Excited about it. Some people are like, what's God going to do? I don't know. They're so worried about God. Like, he ain't the federal government. He ain't running out of money. Like, he's not afraid. He's like, oh, what are we going to do? We've got to pass a bill. God's not up there going like, what do we do? Get the angels together. Let's pass a bill so we can all get along. The Lord is not doing any of that. He sits on his throne, the scriptures say, and he looks down upon his enemies and He laughs. <laughs> you have no idea who you're messing with. The Lord's not at all afraid. But I'm telling you something. We need, to, we need to enjoy our gift. And you can try and put stuff back if you want to. But I'm telling you something. Like a two-year-old opening a present. You try and put that thing back in the box. Good luck. I dare you Christmas morning. If you've got a toddler or grandkid or you can borrow one just to sit a present in front of them. Do it and, and try to put that thing back together when they're done. I'll just, just video it and bring it back. We'll put it on TV for you. We'll love to see it. It's impossible. Especially, I mean, they have drooled all over that thing anyway. It's just half the part of the paper, the bow, anyway. But enjoy the gift. If God's not in it, it's just religion. Enjoy salvation. Number two, it's a great song. I couldn't help it. I didn't know what else to do. I just thought, you know, this would be catchy. Don't stop believing. It's a great, great song. And hopefully this will help you remember this. When Mary had Jesus, I think we think that she was this like super mom, had it all together, and Jesus was this. Of course, he had no sin, but that because it was Jesus, there was nothing to do. Like he walks in the room, the table gets set. He just walks by and chairs are built. That's not at all what took place. But so many times, um, we want what we had at salvation, and We forget that we're moving forward with God. We're we're supposed to move from glory to glory. glory. Season to season. Ephesians, I mean, in Ecclesiastes, says, everything under the sun has a season, a purpose. There's a time. What time are you in right now? Do you know? I mean, do you know? It's weird, y'all. Like, it's really strange. I got this thing because, um, so last year, so you... I don't know how much I've shared of this, but I'm not going to share long. But anyway, so I don't know how many people I buried in the last couple of years. I lost. it Sounds bad, but I have a folder and like of all the messages I do and funerals, weddings, baptisms, anything that I do that I record. That I have a folder of all my documents. I buried so many people in the last couple of years. It 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 was just really it was a very odd. I know for many of you you lost family members and things like that too. But the thing was really strange to me this week was, or last couple of weeks, I had gotten a, I was supposed to have had a death certificate for my dad who died last year. And it never came, for whatever reason, it was a mix-up thing, so I finally got it, it came in. And what's strange is I looked at it, and, you know, my best friend died last year, too. It was really strange, two two people uh, that, uh, just within months. But on my dad's, here's was odd. I, I saw the date, and I calculated his his age and I realized that mercy uh, that's really close and it made me think about man what season am I in not because I'm worried about dying it's not that but it is something I did look at I mean his let me just say his the reasons for death cause of death I I don't think he would mind me sharing because he he would just share it with you anyway but cause of death you know substance abuse tobacco use consistently that's the thing got him more than the alcohol it was tobacco. Do with what you want, but something I learned, I thought, wow. But 60ish. Right. I and mean, he didn't even make it to his social you know, he was, you know, He was wanting really bad at his social security check. That's what he was going for, baby. I'm cashing in, Jody, I'm cashing in. I said, well, you know, I think you should. I mean, because, you know, maybe that'll help you out. He never made it. Now, I say that to you because it hit me. What, man, what season am I in? Now, I'm going to ask you a real, real life question right here. This is. Big boy stuff, right? Big girl stuff. If you're an adult, you think about that. You consider, what season am I in? Is it to get you down? No. It's to get you to a place of don't stop believing in what Jesus did for you. What did Mary do? The Bible says she pondered a lot. She, I mean, she wondered. I mean, you, I understand the conversation that went on. Angel, Mary, you're going to have a kid. It's Jesus, son of God. What? Yes. No man involved. Huh? Yeah. Miracle child. Okay. Now here we are. That's a real fast version. But here we are. She has this baby. And now he's getting older. She's pondering stuff. You know what it means to ponder. You watch your kids sometimes. Like, What are they thinking? You tell them when they're, when they're, when they're young like that. You look at the, your spouse and go, what are they going to do? You think they're going to eat it? Will they eat it? Will they not eat it? We don't know. Don't eat that. Don't it's a rock. Don't eat that. Like, you know, you're just watching. You ponder, you watch. Mary's watching him. He's sitting there eating oatmeal. Like, what's he gonna do with it? Like, he's Jesus. What would you do? She pondered a lot. And the thing about this when I say don't stop believing, the scriptures say this about Jesus in Luke 252. It says this that the child, the son, Jesus, matured. Jesus matured. Growing up in both body and spirit, blessed by both God and people. Jesus grew. One translation says he grew in both wisdom and stature, favor with God and favor with man. Listen, guys, if can we just... Revelation. If Jesus had to grow, can we just all agree that your neighbor sitting right beside you that is like acting like a fool sometimes needs to grow too? I mean, not you. You're cool. But the person sitting beside you, they need to grow a little bit, right? If Jesus had to grow, don't you think... Does Pastor Jody need to grow? Yeah. I mean, does Haley need to grow? Maybe. Of course she does. She needs to grow. We all have to grow a little bit. And you can't stop believing just because what you're watching in the season you're in. Ponder all you want. But I'm telling you, the Lord is expecting us to grow. If you've got a Jesus in your house, like, a, like, a, like something that's going on in your season of life where it's a, it's a bit of a miracle, maybe it's a bit of an unknown, maybe it's a bit of, you're pondering right now, what is this all about? Don't stop believing in what God is doing in you. Because what he's doing in you is greater than what you see around you. I can promise you that. Just be patient and wait upon the Lord, as Isaiah says. And the last thing I want to say with this as an adult, as we grow into adulthood spiritually, this is the part that we all say it, oh my goodness, we all say it, but I'm telling you right now, I just wonder how much we really believe this. That it is more blessed to give. I didn't say the last part, but it's more blessed to give, obviously, than to receive. Now, as an adult, it works. When you see a little kid, right, it's true. It's more fun watching them little rascals open up stuff. I mean, they're just... You could put a banana in a box and wrap it. And they would just, like, that? I don't know. It's just They're just so amped up and so excited. But it's more blessed to give than to receive. This is what uh, Acts 20 and verse 35, uh, Luke says, And everything I showed you that by the working hard... In this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said. This is in red. It is more blessed to give than to receive. As a person of faith, as a disciple of Christ, I must mature from a two- and three-year-old mindset, adolescent mindset to an adult mindset. The adult in the room says, I came to worship Jesus. Like I think Andrew said, hey, It's a new song. Sing with us. New song or not? I came. Alright, I'm gonna learn it. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna worship God. New song, old song, last song, hymn song. I don't care. The adult in the room says, What? I came. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. That's what David said. An immature person says, Well, I don't know. He's going to preach that again. I They sang that song four months ago. You're so immature and such a whiny baby. I mean, we ought to get you a bottle and sit you on the side and just feed you for a while. That's what I feel like sometimes. Complain about stuff that don't matter. That's infancy. You've got to grow. At some point, you've got to let go of that and say, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And what greater thing can you give our king than the worship? Amen. Paul said this. It is the sacrifice. If it wasn't a sacrifice, anybody would do it. It's called a sacrifice because you have to force yourself to praise him. It's a sacrifice sometimes. What is a sacrifice? The fruit of our lips giving glory unto God. It's a sacrifice. But if we don't do this, this old boy Eutychus is one of the weirdest verses in the Bible. I'm going to read it to you because I just think it's so odd. But in Acts, Eutychus in Acts 20, just a... Verse 7, you back up a couple of verses. This is what I think happens so much if we don't grow. Acts 20, and verse 7. <clears throat> it says, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread. Now, when they would get together on the first day of the week, that more than likely was a Sunday. In their culture, in the Jewish culture, it would have been a Saturday, it would have been their Sabbath. But more than likely, during this season, they, Jesus resurrected, they looked at it as a Sunday morning thing. They came together to break bread. They had communion, they had time of worship. Many of them were in in homes. They were not like what we have set up today. They were in homes everywhere. Let me just tell you something. If we had the model of church that they had back then, 50% of you would have to preach. That's a fact. If we had church, if we had a model of ministry based on what the majority of the world has to work with, 50% of you would have to preach the gospel. So, let me take numbers here. One, two, three, four. I'm going to call you after church. I'm going to be like, all right, listen, I'm going to give you some... 50% 50% of y'all we just have a different model they did too they didn't have big rooms like this they did but it wasn't like every week anyway they were together and Paul began talking to them intending to leave the next day so he had somewhere to go but he prolonged his message until midnight that doesn't in our culture prolong means what just wait a while this brother kept preaching like if you think I'm preaching I'm on a clock I'm watching, I know what time it is This brother preached from Sunday morning to mid-afternoon to buenos dias, buenas noches, buenas tardes. He's still going. (laughs) For my Latino fans, I mean, I tell you, you, huh? Huh? Come on. That's pretty good, right? That's pretty good. I know a little poquito Espanol. He just wouldn't stop preaching. And then the Bible says this. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. Now, I don't know, oil lamps, probably? They didn't have no general electric or nothing, right? They no power lines, no Georgia power. Maybe it was the lamps in the room. You ever been in a room where it's, like, kind of stuffy? You know, it's warm, like an old fire crackling, and you're, like, in a cozy little spot, and it's, like, really warm. It's really cold outside. You just, like, got a big blanket and a chair and, oh, man, it's like a glorious nap coming on at about 1.30. While the Falcons lose again, you just go, shh. You just crash out, right? Maybe that's what was going on. But this guy, Eutychus, says, verse 9, this young man named Eutychus. Now, we don't know what age he was, just says young man. He said he was sitting on the windowsill, sinking into a deep sleep. Now, I'm going to take a nap, find a chair. But he's in the windowsill. And as Paul kept on talking, maybe some of y'all might be at this point right now. I don't know. But as Paul kept on talking, he was overcome by sleep and fell down from the third floor. Three, one, two, three, boom. And he was picked up dead. This this guy fell asleep. How would you like to be known as the person that was in church? You fell asleep, fell out of the chair, hit your head, and you died in church. What happened to him? Uh, they fell asleep. Really? No heart attack? No. The brother fell asleep out of the window and died. That's on his thing. Let's say I, He probably picked up and moved or something after that. But it says this, Paul went down and fell upon him and after embracing him he said, don't be troubled for there is life in this man. And when he had gone back up and, and broken the bread and eaten, he talked with them a long while until daybreak. So he stayed up all night long and preached to him and then he left. Then they took away the boy alive and we're greatly comforted. So the boy's resurrected. It's a pretty amazing miracle. But here's the, the, the interesting thing about this is I've been a teenager. We've all, if you're in teenage years right now, you know what? You, if you're past here, you might forget about this. But what's sad is spiritually when you see someone that's in a spiritual adulthood revert back. It's almost like the closer you sit to a window, the more opportunity you're going to fall out. Just, just some real basic theological principles here. When I was in Bible college, this is no joke. I'm not kidding you. Now we got, there's plenty of seats. You can find a seat. But and it doesn't mean if you're sitting in the back. What I'm about to say, this does not mean if you're sitting in the back, I'm saying this or nothing. I'm not. I'm just making a point. But we're in Bible college. You, this is no joke. Ask Kaylee, confirm all what I'm saying is true. The doors were shut. And it was a much bigger arena than this. The doors were shut. Okay? You could line up, get to church, whatever. The thing stayed shut. You couldn't get in until a certain time. And when you came in, people would run to the front. I ain't joking. I seen a brother one time dive like he was going for the catch for the championship. And took his Bible to get a seat. While landing on the ground. Hand on the Bible. I got my seat. Like, he was so proud. And everybody, you know, you don't stop and go like, bro, that was awesome. I mean, because you... people wanted certain seats in the church. Like, no one really wanted the balcony. Some people did, but most of the college students, we were required to sit on the first floor anyway. And you, you had to get down there, man. You're going to have a seat. We had to do this. And I'm telling you, it may seem silly, but there's something about the expectation of wanting to hear from God That causes you to do things differently than what you typically do. And what I've found is this the longer you serve Christ and you get into unfamiliar territory, the easier it is to go, like, I don't know, I don't really where am I at? It's almost like the people, think about it every time that it's time to cross the Red Sea. Moses, what have you done? Look, there's Pharaoh. And a group of them said, Let's go back. It's, it's better there. At least we got meat pots. We can eat all the steak we want. Yeah, we got to make bricks and be enslaved, but let's go back. Some of them did. When Joshua got to the, 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 the Jordan, when, when all this, there's people. No. Why? What? What is wrong with you? When Gideon tracked down all those men and said, instead of all these, we'll get down to this, a couple of 300. What, what, what is wrong with you, Gideon? Every single time God did something and put people into a position where they were unfamiliar with, Most people get so uncomfortable that all they know to do is what? Go back. Because that's familiar. And Eutychus made me. He was just in this position where I've heard this before. Okay, wrap it up. You know, I've heard this message. I've heard this. I've been this song. I've done it, done it, done it. Bam! Like a holy wake-up call. And I just wonder if it's possible, can we go back because we get bored spiritually? Like, is it possible that his word is no longer enough? Is it possible that maybe when I come to church, it's just, you know, it's a song I've heard before. Could I get into a place where I get so comfortable? that instead of pushing on into God with what is unfamiliar to me, it's easier so I'll just back off because I don't know what's on the other side of that river. There's giants over there. Is it possible? I'm just throwing it out. So Paul would say it like this, Corinthians 13 and verse 11. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child. I used to think like a child. I used to reason like a child, do 90 miles an hour down a two-lane road with curves. Not very wise. But when I became a man, I stopped that. I put away childish things. And just like we do on this Christmas morning when we get up, I am more excited when I see my kids and what they do than I ever meant what I get. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's cool. I'm way more excited watching kids because they are crazy happy i mean they're just nut so happy about stuff that really i mean Haley gets stocking stuffers Usually, them they pull out their stockings pencils yeah what is that what is that what is that that? i don't know it's a is it candy i don't know they just go oh it's a notebook i mean just go bananas it's a dollar notebook it's They're just excited calls they received. And I wonder, man, if sometimes have we forgotten that we're still receiving from God? Yeah. Maybe we've lost our excitement. Like, God's still pouring out. Everywhere I read in the scriptures, He's still pouring out blessings. Before you, behind you, side, left, whatever. The Bible says this mercy and goodness goes before me all the days and it follows me all the days of my life. Like everywhere I go, He's right there with me. But I wonder if this might be the Reality that bothers me the most is that some people never grow up. I used to think as a pastor, I used to think, oh no, it is my gift from God. As God's man, I'm going to change everybody. But I'll preach the gospel. I'm going to do this. Man, when we do it, buddy, let me tell you right now, people are going to come to Jesus. Like, wow. And I realized. There's this thing called free will that if God can't override it, Jody certainly ain't making it happen. I mean, you know, pray, pour a whole bottle of oil over your head. I'm just telling you, if a person does not want to change, you can pray until you have prayed your eyes out. If they've said, I'm not changing, well, what do you do with that? It's a sad thing to think about. But it is a realization that I've realized some people never grow up. But that's not us. 1 Corinthians 3, this is what Paul says, and wrap it up with this last scripture. Paul says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would into spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. So this is a biblical model I'm giving you. It's not a Jody philosophy. This is biblically a principle Paul used throughout scripture. I had to talk to you as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk. Not with solid food because you were not ready for anything stronger. And watch what he says. This is what bothered And you're still not ready. Four, how do you know if you're not ready? He, well, he gives you an answer. Here's how you know if you're still in adolescence spiritually. He says, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. What does that mean? Is that some deep, dark, ooh, sin? Not necessarily. Watch what he says. Most obvious it is. You're jealous of one another. You quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people in the world? That's what Paul says. Like at some point, I go if I if I have a friction with you. At some point, you go for the cause of Christ, in the sake of the gospel. I yield. Doesn't mean I lose just means I'm not going to go on with this. Yeah, right. You're choosing to no longer want to reconcile. Therefore, I choose to not argue with you about your decision. Trust the Lord in it. Like In so much so, this is a crazy verse, but the power of the church was so great in the time of Paul. This is what he told the Corinthian church. Are there not Is there not anyone among you spiritual enough to handle a case between two brothers in the Lord? They got mad. One was going to sue the other. I don't know why. Maybe he took his donkey cart. I don't know. Whatever it was. He broke something. Took down his family. I don't know. Stole his ox. He borrowed an ox. Didn't give it back. Some little something like this. Some little schism. So now he's going to sue the guy. He's a brother in the Lord. And they go to the same church. And the problem is, honestly, the problem is we're in the southeast. There's too many. There's so many churches. I get Told that's not true. Shouldn't say there's too many churches. There are too many churches. When you have too many churches, you get off mission. It's too easy to be comfortable. I'm just be honest with you. The less churches you have, the more dynamic you are because you're forced to meet and worship God. When you have so many options and choices, I tell my kids this you don't understand inflation, it's called too much of something, less value of something. The less of something you have, the more valuable it becomes. Hence the reason why gold is worth more than the paper money you have sitting around on, you know. Look at that thing. Our brothers and sisters in the Lord across the seas, when they don't have a place to meet, let me tell you something, they are desperate to come to Christ. Because they don't have air conditioning, they don't have all this stuff, and we have so many choices. So when there's more of something, the less valuable it is to us. That's just a common thing. But when I hear this about what Paul said, these two individuals in the court, or we're going to go to before, he says, are there not anyone among you smart enough, wise enough? To fix this issue. Instead of bringing him up before some unjust judge. And letting him decide. This is between two Christians. I'm not saying you don't need an attorney. You, you sometimes need an attorney to do what you got to do. But I'm saying. But these were two people in the church. They were tore up because one borrowed his ox. And didn't bring it back in time. It was a very trivial matter that should have been settled. Are there anyone among you that could handle the situation? Paul meant the, was saying. That we should be up here. In wisdom to handle things at least to that level. That was the expectation. Like the adults should be in the room. So today as I close, let me challenge you with a couple of thoughts. If you're too close to the window, can I just challenge you to get away from the window? Now, you may say, what does that mean? Window seats are great if you like airplanes, if you like window seat, I like the aisle seat myself stretch my leg out. I don't like window seats because I can't get out. And so I need to get up and move around a little bit. <laughs> if you're in the window seat, I don't like it because you've got to move over five different people. Maybe airplane's good. You can look out and see a mountain. I don't know. See a cloud, a bird, whatever. Window seats in the church aren't good. It's, it's the place where you are, where you're no longer challenged by your faith. You're no longer, you don't want really to feel dependent upon God, Maybe. Maybe it's familiarity is kind of snuck in. Either way, you're nodding off. You're nodding off. You say, well, how do I change that, Pastor Jody? Well, I would suggest to you uh, what Jesus said to the church <coughs> in Revelation, that you go back to your first love. Because any time that I feel like I am nodding off, and as a pastor, I mean, can I just be honest, I, there have been times where I feel like I'm nodding off. But the challenge I have is when I read this word and it tells me, hey, what are you going to do with this? Are going to, how are you going to deal with this situation, this verse of scripture? How are you going to reconcile this with your life right now? Um, it, are you going to choose to continue to walk in your flesh and your immaturity? Or are you going to grow because you see this in God's word? And it's a matter of choosing to move away from the window. Maybe a little bit at a time. I ain't saying you got to throw your problem in the front seat. Maybe you're not there yet. It'll be funny. Next week, I come see you guys and see people and I spit a camera just to see what happens. But I'm just saying, just move away from the window a little bit so you don't nod off. Because <clears throat> the closer I am to the window, <clears throat> I feel like the closer I am to falling away from what God is doing in my life. And wouldn't it just be great if all of us would do this, if we would not go back to immaturity and not be influenced so easily by things, but we would grow up in the Lord and what he has for us. And the thing I want you to think about this as I close is, the thought is this. You know, as new new Christians, you never hear this from new Christians. And this is a sweet word, it's not a negative word. When someone comes to Christ, we call them baby Christians. They're new. That's not a negative word. Now, it's negative if you're a 40-year-old saint and we still calling you a baby. That's a bad thing. You should have grown up by now. But a new person in Christ, they never complain about anything you tell them. They're just so stinking hungry for God. That's a Georgia term, by the way. They're so stinking. That's a good thing. They're so hungry for God. They're so desperate for Jesus so hungry but the thing about it after a while is if the new wears off and they're not discipled it becomes just something they do but I love it because you don't have to deal with theology this is why it's important that a new Christian has someone they can trust because you get some really squirrely stuff out there but new Christians, they don't argue with about theology because they don't know anything. It makes it so easy. Hey, let's listen and absorb and go. And so, as we wrap up today, as I pray for you, I, I want to pray for you and ask you where you are again in your season. But as I pray for you specifically, maybe there's some of you here you've never come to faith in Christ, but maybe there's some of you here that you're just too close to the window, quite frankly. And you just need to make an adjustment so as I pray for you I just love for you to just close your eyes and just bow your heads right there where you are and I'm going to pray over your, your life and, and what God is doing in you and maybe if you're here and you just say hey look you know Pastor Jody uh, I would love to do that I would love to move away from the window I'm um, not sure what people are going to think when I do I'm not sure what my friends will say And this is the thing I would challenge you with. What I was going to say is, while you have your eyes closed, just listen to what I'm about to tell you. The fear is this. If I move from the window, I'm going to lose what I have. I'm just telling you, anything you give unto the Lord, whether it be your life, your resources, your time, anything you step closer to God with, God always completely pays you back in some way. There's never been a time in my life where I moved closer to God that he didn't pay me back in some way. Might have been a sacrifice, might have been something I gave up, might have been this. He's always been faithful. And the fear is this, it comes, that, well, if I do this, I'm giving it up. No, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Gladly give it to the Lord, whatever it is right now. So in Jesus' name, Father, I thank you that they come before you. I ask you right now to touch our hearts. What I pray for those right now that might be sitting too close to that window? God, that they have just, they stopped believing in all the different things that you've done. They've gotten too complacent, it's just, just gotten really easy right now. They forgot about the beauty of Jesus and the beauty of your son. Lord, I thank you right now that you touch their hearts. And I pray in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, would you you move on them. Cause us to to move away from where we are right now, to move towards you, not away from you. Not to what's comfortable, but maybe what is uncomfortable. But God, we just come to you in Jesus' name with a humble heart and ask you, Lord, to help us, lead us and guide us. And let's pray for them right now, Lord. God, I pray if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you, I pray in Jesus' name right now. We'll pray together as a whole church, but if you're in here and you don't know Christ, you say, Pastor Jody, I've never accepted Jesus, and I don't even know how to start this process. I'm going to pray for you. The whole church will pray right now, but I'm going to ask you to do something and to pray out loud. The scriptures say that if a man or woman, if they believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord and that he died for their sins, they believe in their heart and they confess with their mouth that he is Lord, that they shall be saved. For simple thing we're going to do The most easy thing you can do in Christianity We're going to pray right now together If that's you, pray along with me Say, dear Jesus I come to you today And I give you my life And I surrender everything I ask you, Lord To save me And to forgive me And I believe That Jesus is Lord And I receive him Today In Jesus' name Amen and amen. And if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church? You give me a hand, would you please? <laughs> so proud of you. You have prayed that. Look on the screens right now at connect.cornerstonerome.com uh, And then in the seat back, there's a connect card. We'd love to help you get started walking with Christ. If that's you, if you pray that prayer, if you're watching online on broadcast, you can look online, digitally. digitallyconnect.cornerstone.com. And the seat back that's there, communicate with us through that way anyway, and we'll, we'll help you get started walking with God. And uh, so Gary's going to come up now to wrap up with everything today. So y'all welcome uh, Gary up to the church, one of our elders in our church. Give him a hand, please. Thanks, sir.
1: Thank you, Pastor. Man, that's such a good reminder. I forgot about that guy falling out of the window. Um, whew. Yeah, we do not want to be him, do we? Gosh, thanks for that reminder today. As our prayer partners come up front right now, I uh, just want to remind you of a few things coming up here in December. And Pastor talked about it before sir before his message um, this coming Friday the 9th is going to be volunteer appreciation night and it's going to be fun um, make sure that you sign up ahead of time so that we know how many people are coming how much food and everything else that we need to do so um, go out if you've been volunteered all this year make sure you do that um, December the 18th that's going to be our family Christmas service that's going to be everybody in here no kids uh, church that day everybody's going to be in here so it's going to be fun probably going to be loud, probably going to be a little wild, and that's going to be really good. So make sure you uh, mark that down, No Kids Church. Um, Christmas Day on the 25th, we're going to have online service only, so everybody can spend time with their family, uh, so you can stay at home, so you watch online. And then uh, January 1st, I'm really looking forward to this, because we don't get to do it all the time, is that Cornerstone Espanol and... The English service are all going to be together in here for one service. So well, that is going to be fun. Um, we don't do that enough. You guys may not realize that while we're in here, they've got a service going on over there as well. So um, you're going to get to meet some of those folks uh, that we don't get to do too. So um, as always, just going to invite you, if you need prayer after service, come on up. Um, talk to one of these folks up here. i send you out with the Lord's blessing on numbers. Why don't you stand? So make sure you're awake so that you don't fall out to the window on the way home, okay? Well, that guy, that that's that's going to stick in me because I'm really bad. Um, good thing that I'm in a recliner at home because otherwise I'd be probably falling out on the floor all the time. Oh, gosh. Uh, as always, out of Numbers chapter 6, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. God bless you. Have a great week.